This is Tim Sullivan on behalf of Icons of Fright and Tim Sullivan's Shock and Roll. And I am here with... Jonathan Stark. I played Billy Cole. Tom Holland. I wrote and directed Fright Night. Chris Sarandon. I played Jerry Dandridge. Welcome to Fright Night. For real. And the movie is starting and there's a moon. And that is a, uh, that's an effect shot. And that's uh, Richard Edlin. The movie within the movie, the right, movie Tom? The movie within the movie, that's how, that's how it came to be. This is all boarded out, storyboarded out. That's onto a mat shot. Then you do a pan right, and you'll see a moving line as you go on to the real set. And you it's that tree that you were looking at there, and that tree takes you on to the real house, which was on the Disney lot. They've since taken that down, haven't they? They have an office building there now. I, don't, you know, they I, do. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I think the back lot is gone. This uh, that part of it is. Ah, the movie with fangs, Fright Night. Now, they, this, they had used this... Chris, yay, Chris. Chris Serena, yeah, yeah. Oh. They had used this set for Something Wicked This Way Comes. Oh, really? Yeah, just before us, a couple of years before. Still standing because of that. Now, this film came about because you, you were, at the time, you had just come off of Psycho 2, very, very hot screenwriter, hadn't directed, been an actor. Come off of Psycho 2, Cloak and Dagger. Stark. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, Jonathan, uh, Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> Thank you for uh, that. And a disaster called uh, Screen for Help, which was unreleasable, directed by somebody else. Which you wrote. Which I wrote, and I thought it was a wonderful script, the tragedy of my life, so I decided to direct. Roddy McDowell. Yes, Roddy. Roddy. Bless you, Roddy, wherever you are. Yes. And so you felt that in a I'm way... I'm Fidel, too. <clears throat> you, you know... Jackie Burt's my personal favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this came about, here we are, seeing the cheesy, the nod to the cheesy or not-so-cheesy Hammer films and mm -hmm. American International films. Which I shot of... that little film myself. Mm -hmm. and, That's Roddy. And you grew up watching the equivalent of Fright Nights, uh, the Creature yes. Features, Chiller Theater. AIP, the Hammer films, that's right. And this is my, Fright Night is my is my loving nod to the, to the films that I grew up with. And Roddy McDowell is a character that I, I don't know if the kids have anymore, but on television, they used to have in the independent channels throughout the country, the Friday Night Frights, and they'd have a host, like Stagger Lee or Vampira, yeah. yep. or, you know... We Chris. had Count Mordecai. You had Count Mordecai. <laughs> Who did you have, Chris? Uh, the only one that I remember is when I was younger and coming out to Los Angeles was Elvira. Okay. Wow. All right. And they would they would host, like Roddy like Roddy's doing here is Peter Vincent. Peter Vincent is, is a combination of... Uh, Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. There you go. Two of my favorite actors. And you had, and you told me once that the script just really came to you. It was your, you, as a fan, you wanted to sort of send a valentine to the fans of That's these right. type of yes, films. Yes, and I, and it was a way of doing, uh, you know, of doing Hitchcock and uh, the window and rear window, and also I thought it was hysterical the idea of a horror fan being convinced the next door neighbor was a vampire <laughs> because you knew nobody would believe him. That, that's that's me, Tom Holland. All right. The whole boy who cried wolf, which is kind of a theme right. in a lot of your films, like Child's Play, No One Believes Andy, and that's right. that's so. But this was this was funny. There was something that tickled my funny bone about it, and I think I, I laughed all when I was writing this script. I mean, I was on the floor laughing as I wrote a lot of the times. How long did it take you to write it? I think I wrote it at, at a dead run. I think it took about three weeks for a first draft. And then you just set it up just like that off the oh, heat no, of... Then I, then, I, then I rewrote, you know, then I polished. But the, the initial draft came out pretty close. And I finally had... I had the idea for like a good year before I wrote it. But it wasn't until I thought of the, the Roddy McDowell character, Peter Vincent, that the, the story snapped into came place. Came together. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, this is also you, isn't it, in the voiceover? It's a... Uh, uh, 
the Fright Night guy. Who's yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That oh, is you. Did the, you did the. Uh, yeah, I can tell. I didn't realize that. So here we got Char introducing Charlie and his girlfriend. Uh, Charlie's more interested in monsters than his girl, it would seem. Well, I see pretty interested in his girl right now. It depends, on, it depends on what you mean by monsters. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> so th now this, this uh, your Charlie Brewster, would you say he's sort of a stand-in for you? Oh, yeah, sure, and for all of us. Yeah. I mean, this is a love letter to the fans. And I think the reason the movies the movies continued to be have popularity and gain popularity is because people who love horror movies, regardless of their generation or their age, realize it. And interesting, because in its time, the horror film had gone, as as Roddy McDowell's character said, to you know, hockey guys in hockey masks with knives. Yeah, yeah. This sort of classic affection. They weren't doing this anymore. No, they weren't. It no. was it was it was, a, it was and, and it was a total contrast to Freddy and Jason and Michael Myers and Leatherface. Well, there, there hadn't really been vampire movies for a while. No, vampires had topped out with Love at First Bite, which was a farce with George Hamilton about 1980, I think it was, or 81. And farce is the end of a, of a genre. Yeah. So here we have the first appearance of you guys. Yes. The coffin was all wood to it. It was really <laughs> heavy. <laughs> and this is all on a set. That, well, it's on the on the on the on the back lot. On the back lot. Okay. Disney. But this is funny. She's finally ready to give herself to him. <laughs> He's too interested in you know, the neighbors. All he wants to do is watch the. Yeah. He doesn't want to to uh, Google her. He wants to Google the coffin. Very rear window. Very rear window. But they had are very Disturbia. The, yeah, uh, Disturbia. <laughs> this is very much Disturbia. The, 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 they, they'd stopped doing creature movies. They stopped doing the, the classic monster movies at the time. They'd gone to the serial murderers, you know, and I thought that was tired by the time when I was writing this. It's amazing. I mean, you know, I just saw Disturbia, and literally it's like there's a little bit of banter between the two kids on the Internet, and then they literally, it's the same shots. Looks out the oh, window and sees the guy movie. moving yeah. in, you yeah. know, with a, what he, as a body. You know, he thinks yeah. it's a body. It's a dead deer, it turns out to be. But it was just a shameless, almost, scene-by-scene <laughs> scene. yeah, rip-off. Uh, just a little side note. John talks about how heavy that coffin was. If you notice, Jerry's carrying it with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so did I you... I was doing all the heavy lifting. Come on, <laughs> sure. Now, did you always have Chris in mind for Jerry Dandridge? No, Chris was a, was a wonderful, lucky, you know, accident, but it came through. It came through the casting director, Jackie Birch, and his manager at the time, I think, also. But, I mean, I, I didn't... I was afraid that I couldn't get him. There was a there was a tremendous amount of, you know, would he... Would an actor of his caliber do a, a part in a, in a horror movie, you know, with a first-time director? And I had, I think, I think we had a couple of meetings, and I, I think that I tried to convince him of my vision of it, and he was kind enough to uh, to give me a chance. Oh, it's not so much being kind. It was very clear from the quite from the beginning. I mean, when I got first got the script, and I looked at it, and I kept saying, of course, as I'm reading it, I can't, I can't do a vampire movie. I, you know. An actor of Chris Thompson, an actor of my stature. <laughs> and parenthetically, by the way, I had previously just worked with Peter Cushing. You're kidding me. Tale of Two Cities. No yeah. kidding. You worked with Peter Cushing? Yes, I did. He played um, Dr. Manette uh, in the uh, Hallmark Hall of Fame Tale of Two Cities. I to did my not know Charles that. Charles Donnay and Sidney Carton. Yeah. No, I now, you had done a horror film because you were in the Sentinel. 
the Sentinel right many years before, and uh, it was a horrible experience, which also mitigated against my wanting well, to let, do this. Let, let, let's be honest. The, the film that repelled me into directing, uh, uh, Screen for Help, was also directed by Michael Winner. Oh, really? Or not directed. Oh, so, oh. Uh, so that's <laughs> why. So he didn't want to do the horror film because of it, and I was in self-defense. I insisted on directing this. Isn't this the scene, the scene you shot all day and there was a hair in the lens, so you had to go back and do the whole we thing? Had to go, we had to go back and shoot a chunk of it, yeah. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Oh, no. And here we are introducing yeah. Stephen Jeffries, God right. bless, Evil Ed. And uh, there's that great set. That's my 66 Mustang, which I lost in a traffic accident about 10 years later. That's your car. Yeah, that was my car. I got a free paint job out of it. I remember on this set, you told me when I got there that house next door that is a school was originally a church. No kidding. But it, I think you told me that. Yeah. But it would have not been a good idea that they would have moved in so close to the church. <laughs> In a very nice 80s outfit. Yes, I can't remember her name, lovely girl. So, remember how embarrassed I was. I asked I asked if she would put, you know, if they would put ice in her nipples to get the nipples hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I was so I was pushing you, know, I was so daring in the film. Leave no stone unturned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't have the nerve to do it. I had the the, the, the costume gown. Well, Tommy wouldn't have looked as good, really. Thank you very much. That, that is true. true. Could have used a body, though. Could have yeah, yeah. used you. Yeah. Now, um... So what turned the tide for you to say, yes, I want to play Jerry Davis? Well, after I read the script, I thought, this is one of the best scripts I've read in a long time. Beautifully constructed. It was obvious that this was a labor of love. It was clear that the, the, uh, the writer's, director's uh, uh, approach to it was one of wanting to have fun with the genre without making fun of it. Uh, the characters were beautifully drawn. Uh, and I thought, this is a brilliant script. i got to meet this guy. Mm -hmm. And so I went in to meet with Tom and Herb, I believe, at the time. Herb Jaffe. Herb Jaffe, our producer. And uh, Tom said, here's how I'm going to shoot it. And literally described the movie, shot by shot, all the way through, page how? by page, scene by I scene. Had, I, had boarded, wow. I had boarded the whole thing out myself. I mean, down to the dialogue. And is it pretty close, the end product, uh, to the original vision? basically the way he shot it. There oh, were yeah. a few adjustments that he made along the way, but... That was it. And so I said, yeah, absolutely. This guy knows what he's doing. Let's go. Let's party. Did you have, uh, um, did you bring more to Jerry Dandridge? Did you have ideas of where to take the character? He certainly did. He certainly did. Well, but we have to give Tom credit here because the very first rehearsal we had, we all sat around a table and Tom said, okay, I'd like to approach this from a very realistic point of view. And I'd like to approach it the way I did when I was an actor, which is let's all talk, let's create a biography for each one of these characters. Really? A background so that you guys know. It's not necessarily things that we'll use explicitly in the movie, but it's information that you'll have subtextually when you're working. Uh, so we all did that. We sat around, we read, we talked, we rehearsed. We, we, well, we had the luxury of rehearsal, yeah, which I, I, no never happens. Yeah. This is the only other movie that I've ever rehearsed on. Really? The, other than uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Dog Day Afternoon? Yeah. We did, we did two weeks of rehearsal. See, that's the other thing. Here, this was very unique because, you know, in the midst of all these, you know, splatter films, they were all really done independently. Here you are at Sony with a pretty sizable Columbia, budget. Columbia. Col yeah, Columbia. Columbia and, and, and they pretty much were leaving you alone. Because they were had their eyes set on uh, perfect. That was their going to well, be their guy, big. Guy, it was Guy McElwain, and yes, they all thought that perfect was their their big film with Travolta and, and this was and this Jamie was like, Curtis. this was to fill in a space that they had, and this was their their least expensive film, and nobody expected it. This was and there you are. This, this is very cool. Very this was actually my last day. All I had to come to do was do painting. Talk oh, about really? an easy day. Oh yeah.
And did they keep telling you, by the way, while you're at it, there's that set and that set that needs a little brush job? And <laughs> They tried, but, you know. And I would have done it. You know, it was my first film. I would have done this it. Was, yeah, this was a first for a lot. Now, now how did you... That was, that was, that was Jonathan. And the, here's Jonathan as, as, as Billy's trying to sneak into the house. And you're sort of playing the Renfield, the guy who keeps, you know, the, the guys out from the, while the vampires See, that's the thing. The Everybody asked me everywhere, what were you? And, you know, I used to try and figure it out, and now I just say, you know what? Talk to Tom. He wrote it. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, because, I mean, if he's a vampire, technically you can't be out during the day like you are here, but later on we get to see him melt. Turn. They he said, here's turn. your lines, here's your marks, and that's what I did. <laughs> how did Don't you, bump how into did... the furniture. Remember your lines. Keep <laughs> he, he got it because he was part of, a, of, a, of an improv comedy group called The Groundlings, I think. Uh, yeah, at that time I was. That's interesting <clears throat> that you went for... And he was big. And a very decidedly comedic spin to Billy Cole. Versus the the standard, you know, st you know, st not evil. Well, I mean, the whole thing, the thing that made sense to me was, if you're going to try and, the, I think we auditioned with the scene where the lieutenant comes in and tries to, you know, right. uh, uh, Billy's character tries to tell him about. And I'm thinking, if I'm sitting there being evil, the, the lieutenant's going to get suspicious. Why not try and throw him off the trail by being funny? Mm -hmm. and, you know, if as soon as you discredit Whoa. the guy, you know, then, then right. nobody's going to believe him. Which again is very unique because this film. What I always loved about it, and, and, and for my money, it, it is my favorite 80s horror film, and I also think it's one of the most definitive 80s movies because it has everything. It has scares, it has humor, it, it's incredibly sexy and romantic. It as this boobs. Yes, Charlie is waking scene. up and seeing the girl next door with Jerry Dandridge, who will be bare-breasted in a moment. Now this is, again, such this Brad Fidel's score here is Great. just phenomenal. This is one of those, when you talk about child's play, your set pieces, is this one of your moments, one of your set pieces? It's, there's no dialogue, it's, it's, it's very... Yeah, yeah it's, it's abbreviated. Carefully boarded? Everything. I boarded the whole film. Now, it almost... Even that woman with the breast you boarded? <laughs> now, in a way, it almost... No, boarded, boarded, the, the, now, this is your first the moment... That, the shot that's coming up with the fingers I boarded. Oh, yeah. And the pops in on it. Now... It almost, whenever I saw this, it almost felt like you purposely chose that spot to lure Bruce, you know, Charlie Brewster in. Of, of any other place to, you could have been with the girl, you had to stand there so he could see you. It's almost like you wanted him to find you so you could play with him. Tom, was there any? No, I never thought of that, but I mean, sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, now this, 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 and this. the jump, the cuts here, the cutting, yeah, this the, is boring, that yeah. James Whale, you know, Frankenstein, boom, 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 where you get you know, three cuts in and... The I fingers. Mm-hmm. Try going to the bathroom with those. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Actually, my dresser volunteered several times. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll help you. <laughs> okay, so now you've got the, uh, the, first, the first beat of horror, the real right. horror. The first, uh, Something wait, is wait. definitely wrong. In, in, in structuring the script, what, what part was, would you, was this the beginning of the first act, you know, because you this, would... This would, be, this would be about the end of the first act, someplace in here. I'd have to look, but I mean, how many minutes are we in now? Well, probably about 20. Okay, now you're not, you're not there yet, then. And now here we go, the body. The... Yeah, the, the, I'm coming to something that Chris suggested, which is the apple. And the apple rolling to a stop in front of the boy, and he used the apple. Chris did as a leitmotif throughout the movie to clean his fangs. I always liked that. That was such a that great was a, little that's, character. Well, idea. I thought, you know, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, one of the things I did with Tom's encouragement was to research uh, everything. And one of the things I researched was bats. And, and the research revealed that most 
but what is it, 80 or 90% of the world's bats are fruit bats. Yes. So I thought, well, how nice genetically if there's some fruit bat in his background, and he's always eating fruit, and then he uses it to, to kind of cleanse his palate. That's really, yeah, it's yeah. like after he, you know, fed on that girl, he's... Yeah, the mother's comedic, you know, too. Oh, she's great. Yeah. She was really Dorothy funny. Fielding. Yeah, Dorothy yes. Fielding. This, I mean, just, just... Yeah. Do you remember how, the epitome of suave and cool, Chris. Do you remember how, I mean, worried, you were, how worried you were about that jacket? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. We thought the jacket was over the top, and I think the poor costume designer got very upset with us. Well, it was and a it very... It cost a fortune. I mean, this is definitely different from, you know, a cape and black tuxedo. I mean, who, how did you... But still very stylized. Exactly. How a vampire would probably be in 1985. Uh, yeah, ha, in your bio, had Jerry Dan how long do you think Jerry Dandridge had been a, a vampire? Do you know how long ago this was? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I figured probably, certainly, hundreds of years. Certainly. I, I, didn't, I don't recall exactly how long it was in <laughs> well, my bio. Long enough for that, but for that, for that portrait of yeah, the exactly. Also, exactly. a lot with Chris and I, when we worked, we got to work on our bios together and why mm -hmm. we were together and everything. And Chris came up with this whole line about the sadness of being a vampire, which I thought was mm. really interesting, the inability to, to have any say in it. Right, that you're, you're, you're a captive, in a way, of, uh, of uh, eons and eons of time. And can you imagine, you know, I, I think all of us wake up in the morning at some point and go, oh, God, another day. Well, can you imagine several hundred, maybe a thousand years of that? Yeah, it's like, what do you do when you've done immortality? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, shot, you know, it sounds shot. like a great, shot. great gift, but it, it's a burden as well. That's a, that's a match that shot. Is a great drive shot. up to the house, it's a match shot. It really blows my mind. So this was all, no, ex except for the club coming up. Most of it was, none of it was, it was all done on a Almost set, all on sound stage. stage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. By the way, the, the, the inside, the shot, this shot, and the, and the turnaround, between here and there are two months difference. And uh, it was like, okay, now you're gonna get back in that and figure out what you were doing. <laughs> <That's> right, <laughs> and this is the scene we were talking about that you auditioned to use for yeah, the And Art Evans, I'm telling you, he was, he was the perfect uh, guy for, for this because he was just yeah. this confused guy. And, and he, he's a great guy too, really nice guy. Yeah. And you're, you're right to play for comedy a lot of these scenes. Which is great, and, and the, okay, the art direction. The, the art direction is John DeCure Sr. and Jr. And they're brilliant, both of them. I can't, I cannot speak highly enough. John DeCure Sr. is no longer with us, but Junior still is. And they were just sensational. I mean, they did Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. uh, John DeCure Sr. did uh, Cleopatra, the King and I. Wow. wow. I mean, I mean, just as, and you're you're seeing, you know. And there's the Amy. And that's Chris's suggestion also. Which is great because, um, you know, up until this time probably the only sympathetic vampire ever was Barnabas Collins on The Dark Shadows. So, Dan Curtis, it was the first wow. time where a vampire was played as a tragic, mm -hmm. almost Heathcliff, right. you know, type figure. So there is, there's definitely a sadness and tragedy that underlines the, the character of Jerry and even Billy, you know. It's like when you feel like, you know, Jerry's going to leave you behind or you can sense that there's a bit of... Uh, well, that's what makes a character full. I mean, you know, as an actor... And as a writer, finding those things that are not the, the, the typical, stereotypical things that we'd see, you know. This is a very funny scene. Yeah, there's the... There, there's, there's, the John, there's Billy, you know, making fun of him. Woo! My favorite is Art Evans going, yeah. What? what? He does that slow, that really kind of slow take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought it was funny when you lifted your fingers as a, as a 
cross. You know, <laughs> but you know, if 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 in nineteen eighty five, I think you had tried to play this straight, too serious, I think audiences would have rejected it. I think that the that wink is what made this film mm-hmm. work and makes the film continue to work. But as as I I think mentioned a little earlier, and, and Tom, I think, is a very strong adherent of this, you can't make fun of it. That's because right. then it becomes, it, it's dead. That's right. right. It's dead. You know, you're looking at the audience and going, look, aren't we clever? You're not going to scare them that way. And this movie was very clearly, in Tom's mind, he wanted to scare the shit out of people. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think you're ever, you're never making fun of the characters. It's the, the, the characters are having fun. Yeah. You know, the, the, clearly Jerry and Billy are enjoying this little game they're playing mm-hmm. with Charlie. They're it, really it, playing this kid for all he's worth. It's a game, and, you yeah. know, I mean, right there, you know, it's... There's absolutely no worry that this kid is going to mess you up, uncover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's no real threat. Now, William Ragsdale, this was also his first film. Yeah, you know, it was. That's right. And Bill, who has gone on to do a, a tremendous amount of, of both television and stage work, uh, as well as films, uh, was, I, I thought, just so right for this. Yeah. So wonderfully right. You know, the innocence, but at the same time, he's got the technique of an actor. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Well, he and Stephen have the feeling that yeah. they've been friends for a long, yeah. long time. This yeah. is a great scene. Stephen and, and Billy together. Billy's trying, I mean, uh, Stephen Jeffries. Just so... Charlie. Yes. And again, it, 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 coming out in the midst of all the John Hughes movies, this always felt like if, if John Hughes made a horror film, you know, it had that the the, the music, the score, the the uh, the soundtrack, and I mean, he, you know, Stevens right out of you know one of those films, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, he had just done Heaven Help Us, which had Andrew McCarthy and a lot of the Brat Pack in it, right? So he was perfect for this, uh, and such a totally unique young man. I mean, there's nobody like Steven. Uh, if, even today, when I um, uh, when people come up to me and talk about the movie, they ask about Stephen, wonder where he is, what he's doing, because he was so indelible in this well, movie. A tip of the hat to Jackie Birch, who I haven't seen in years. Who uh, did, who found Steve? Yeah, Jackie yeah, Birch yeah. did an incredible job of casting this yeah, movie. She did. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, and, and, and fresh faces, you know, and a super nice person on top of all that. She was great to the actors. I think. Still remember that. Mm-hmm. I used to call her up like once a week because she'd say, Tom loves you, Tom loves you. And I'd go, does he still love me? Oh, yeah, yeah, but they have a lot of other casting. So you think I'm going to be in it? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know, in Hollywood, it's like, yeah, yeah. Right. right. So, so you had to wait a while before. I had to wait six months. Wow. I and I was really? Oh, I had no six idea. months. Yeah. Because I was one of the first probably into audition, but then you really? had a lot of other stuff to do. Oh. Now, Stephen, uh, you know, I, I heard that he originally thought that he was going to come in. He wanted to play Charlie at first. Now that I didn't remember. Yeah, that's what he told me, that he read the script, and he was, and he said, and when Jackie told him that they wanted him for Evil Ed, he was almost a little like, you see me like that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, funny. that's funny. It's very funny. So now, very similar to Child's Play, you know, he knows there's a vampire. No one will believe him. His mom, or exactly police, right. and even his best That's friend. Right. So he's on his own now. On his own. This is a very and, funny And now this is, this is a great huge, huge laugh from the audience. And a great shot here, you know, going out the reveal. And the reveal. And there we come with the, hello, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so 
It's a great line. Yeah. Again, great line. what I love is you took the classic mythos of vampire movies and put a totally brand new spin on it. And there you go. Yeah, just totally challenging him to say something about the hand. And if you recall, too, the vampire lore, and I believe Charlie knows this, and it's been yes, revealed at this right. point in the movie, if you invite the vampire in, he can come in, but if you don't, he won't. Right. The, the scene just before this, right. Evelette has told him that. Ah, right. So that's what... Uh, script. It sets it up, yeah. But, but again, taking, you know, the, uh, the classic vampire mythos and then making it, well, but my mom invited him in because she kind of had the hots for him, you know? Yeah, and right. it's, it's, it's so, again, just modernizing it, yet retaining what makes... A vampire movie, a vampire movie, mm -hmm. playing by the rules, but but you know, playing, tweaking, tweaking them, mm -hmm. yeah, and tweaking them sometimes for humor. Now your whole body language throughout this, Chris, is is it's just you're it's amazing. You're just so very still. You 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 don't move that much until when you become the vampire. You're, you know you're. What, what were some of the preparations you did just physically for Jerry? Well, in our conversations about the character, we were very clearly wanted to create this super elegant, very, very charismatic character. Mm -hmm. uh, and Tom, all the way through the picture, and I'll, I'll point out a couple of spots as we go a little further along, uh, was always encouraging me to go further, mm -hmm. to go further in creating, a, 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 for instance, a very sexual walk. Tom's right. always saying, this really, is, really do it up. Oh, this I remember this. Yeah. Scene. This is when you're, you're, you're making your first real right. bid with, for Charlie. Okay, buddy. Right. Well, it's on. Him, here's him on the ceiling, the roof. We're coming up to an effect shot that didn't work, which is which was a big money shot. Richard Edlund took out the reflection in the, uh, in the mirror. In the mirror. And the audience, for whatever, for somehow, because the shot was, wasn't framed right Yeah, it was the focus of the shot. The audience really, never notices it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't read. Right, when you, when... He goes into the room, he walks across the room. He walks across the room, and, the, and there's, no, there's reflection no reflection in the mirror behind uh, him. Well, we it, shot it twice, didn't we? we? Didn't we shoot it with me and without me? Yes, was that it? Yeah, I believe mm -hmm. so. But, I mean, it, it never, it doesn't work, and I've never been able to quite figure well, out why. I think why. it's just a focus thing. I think it has to do with where the mirror is in the scene. And the fact that you're panning across what we'll see it when we get to, to where Jerry enters the room. And again, the idea of being, you know, a fan of horror movies and then suddenly, you know, you're being stalked by a vampire in your own home. <laughs> and yeah. mom's asleep and there's nothing you can do. She invited him in. Um, do, you, what was, do you think Jerry just was, did he, did he plan on killing Charlie? Did he just want to play with him? I mean, what was your motivation here with, with, in terms of what Jerry was doing? Oh, I think that uh, uh, Jerry was def very definitely after scaring the hell out of Charlie here. Mm -hmm. Having his mouth shut. Yeah, uh, because Charlie had seen, obviously seen much too much. Uh, he'd seen the girl, he'd seen, and, and Jerry made a very big thing out of showing him his hand as right. he pulls down the shade in the window. Uh, watch out, kid. You know, I'm coming. Here we go. You know, here's the shot we were talking about. Okay. Yeah, it's too far back. It's too wide. Now, see the mirror back here? There's no reflection in the mirror, but your eye never notices it. Ah, you I know. I never saw that myself. I've never noticed that till now. Well, that's a, that's a big expense. Oh, I see. Okay, shot. well, no, no, there yeah. you go. You, you see, see the, door. the door. But I should have cut in or something and tied her. But you're looking on the other side. See, you're looking at him. Because yeah, you see it there. This never worked, though. Yeah, don't but see just, the door. And again, the little 
movement, the, the subtle the strength, you know, but yeah. without really oh, but making it. Is this a Strangers in the Night? Because that was your idea. Oh, that was that, that, that's a nice flavor. Strangers <laughs> in the Night. Yeah. yeah. Did we have trouble? Uh, I, I think my first uh, choice was Whistle While You Work, but Disney wouldn't. But Disney wouldn't clear it. That was your right. Yes, yes, <laughs> right. yes. And so they used Strangers in the Night instead, or they wanted fifty thousand dollars for it. That's how we that area. We got it. Yeah. And this is where the pan and scan always wrecks it. But I had a beautifully, you know, composite, you know, you know, you know, composited shot here of, of where the where the where the where the, where the, 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 the door to the closet opens behind him and it works here. Yeah. But sometimes in a lot of this in pan and scan they lose that. In the well, you only see the left side. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is how it was meant to be seen That's in two point right. three five. Yeah. You know, anamorphic. And again, you know. Well, anybody watching this right now should not have this in pan and scan version. Right. You know. If you do, yeah. you're watching. Yeah, hopefully, you're yeah. watching this in wide widescreen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now I've seen these shots stolen a million times since. But Me the too. Feed this you, whole thing of that's right, going up, the feet in the air. Yes. yes. And just now, that was a very good stunt. Uh huh. That is a stunt, man. Now we go back to Charlie. But I mean, the the, the shot coming up where he slams up against the wall has just been done. I mean. I, and this is an example, and let me just cut you off you for a second time, of, of Tom kept telling me, make that walk sexy. sexy. Make that guy so that you can't resist him when he's coming towards you, so there's, there's an ambivalence about how you feel about him. You want him to come for you, but you don't, because yes. you know he's going he's gonna to fry your ass. Well, that's always the, the, in every great vampire story, it's always the, the victim is caught between, you know, fear and, 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 and arousal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the classic... Vampire, and that's what was so unique about it because you never really knew where Jerry was at. You know, is right. he going to kill the kid or is he going to try mm -hmm. and screw him? <laughs> yeah, here's, here's the here's the scene that or the shot that Tom's talking mm -hmm. about, the lifting him up and the kicking. Yeah, this has been done quite a bit. And then the, here's a here's a moment where Charlie, come yeah. on, you know, please, I, I'm giving you a chance here to just let it go. Instead, he tries to pull out. The mm. He tries to. I love and how you never even look at it. You never even look at mm -hmm. it. And Jerry is, this is a sad moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, I gave the kid a break. I tried to tell him. Sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do, and now I'm going to kill him. Again, I do believe that you know, Jerry had humanity. He didn't want to have to kill the kid. Yep. yep. Well, the reality of it is, I mean... Would a vampire, why would he have to kill more than he'd have to? I mean, you know, you're going to raise a lot right. of suspicion. But you do what you need to do. Right. When you're living next door, especially. Right. But here he's going to make it look like an accident. He's going to make it look like Charlie fell out of his window. And then you milk every moment, Tom, with the nails. You know, and, but and I, I send the picture down. And, and, oh, the steak. That, that, that's... So you know what's going to happen to the boy. Exactly. And... And and this, oh my God! I mean, and it's wood. Everyone it's in the theater I've ever seen just feels this, feels this as it's coming up. And I love that this, spin. Yeah, we did this in stages as well because there was obviously yeah. makeup change here. Yeah, this is the point in the story where the it's really on now. Now is this a fake hand? Like, how did you? Now there were how do you, there were how do, you do this? The, how were, do you pull the pencil out? You remember it was a telescopic pencil. Yeah, the telescopic pencil. Really? Yeah, you don't see the you don't see it protruding out the bottom if you recall if you look back. Oh, and this makeup was so much fun. 
No, hours. As was, hours. As was the, uh, as were the contacts. Oh, the contacts, then, God. They didn't make soft contacts. No, they were right. They were uh, horrible. Remember Dr. Greenspoon? He yeah, came out and gave us the contacts. Right. And they were hand-painted. And Randy Green will be able to tell you all about this when he'll be there Friday night at the midnight Randy screening. Cook. Randy Cook. Right. The and then screening. now there you're back to normal. Right. Yeah. Almost. That was normal. like like just cuts. Three stages of make and again, you know, it, prior to CG, I love that because it was makeup. It was you. Mm-hmm. Now they would have no done fancy it schmancy. with a CGI and right. it probably wouldn't even been you. It would have been see just... the transformation taking place rather than letting the audience supply the the transformation. So much more effective. Yeah. Yeah. And then just the idea that mom has slept through all that. Yes, but she's got some funny lines here. Now, Colin Higgins gave me this, this Valium line. Have you tried Valium? It's <laughs> always a huge laugh. But again, what's brilliant about this film, you know, you have this incredibly intense, very frightening moment, and now you're, you know, you let, let you know, you release, little, the release the tension. And it's believable. I mean, you you could believe that you know, if the, if the vampires exist and they live next door to you, that this is how it would go with mom and you know, mm-hmm. and now. Charlie has to figure out who he's going to turn to. Yeah, what you're doing is you're taking away safe spaces, continually. You're taking away safe spaces until he's got nothing left but himself. Mm-hmm. So now. Uh, now the makeup. How how long did it take you to put that makeup on? The full end of movie makeup, with the head and the ears and the hands and the everything, was eight hours. Well, that's wow. right. Now here's I a go little homage. In the morning and there's there's the traditional vampire Christopher Lee in a scene from Scars of Dracula, which uh-huh. by the way is the film you uh-huh. use. Uh, because I think you, that's a scene from the trailer, so you probably didn't have to pay for rights. Is that it? Okay, <laughs> I didn't know. I believe it. But I love how you now just contrasted yeah. the old vampire with the new, and now, you know. Mm-hmm. And here's the scene that you. Uh... Yeah, that's great. That's very Hitchcockian. Yeah. Very Hitchcockian. And I, let's also mention Jan Kieser. Yes, let's yes. mention Jan Kieser, you know, the cinematographer yes. of this movie, who was uh, also very instrumental in the look. I, I mean, totally. I know that you were very clear on, in terms of what shots you wanted, but at the same no, time, he did look. Yeah. Now, do you always get down on your knees when you? Uh... No, I was Nurse talk- Jerry. <laughs> if I would have known what Tom was going for, I would have said what. <laughs> Just get on your knees, okay? Okay. No, I mean, there's, there is a subtext, and, you know, again... Oh, I think undoubtedly. But I have to say, to me, the, the, the knees thing was more of the servile yes. function of the character yeah. of being the servant for Jerry. Well, it's like you're his lapdog. Oh, absolutely. I mean, literally, his lapdog. And... um well, his protector, too. Protector and, and loyal, loyal... Uh, Vampire wannabe. Yeah. Vampire yes. wannabe. That's a good way of putting it. So now, here we go. The The... Brilliant in that, you know, he is like Mr. Chips in a way. Yes. You know? And the guy who probably wanted to do Shakespeare ended up doing uh, low-budget horror exactly. movies like Peter exactly. Cushing you know and Christopher the Lee That's themselves. Exactly yeah. and, and, you know, barely believes in... Uh, doesn't believe in himself at all. Right. Well, look at look the... the and here the blood splatters. <laughs> it's a laugh. You know, they're laughs, you know? But yet, just like Cushing and Price and Lee, no matter what 
how bad the movie was they were in. They gave it, give their, it all, their all. Give it their and, all. And elevated yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I love about the character that Roddy plays, who is probably the sweetest human being I ever oh had the gosh. honor to meet. I came on that on that set, my first film, and I'm telling you, there wasn't a, there was, uh, to an actor, everybody was given 100%. Never, I never heard complaints, and it was uh, it was just amazing. It was a happy set, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really happy set. It was set. a fun set, too. Funny. Oh a lot of God. just goofing around. And... Billy and I and Chris used to just sit around making each other laugh for about 15 minutes, and then be like, action, and you have to go right into it. <laughs> That's right. Well, you could really tell. I mean, there's a sense of real camaraderie among that. It just bleeds through, and, and like genuine affection for each other. It comes through. And I don't know if it was you, Jonathan, I heard, or, or Bill Ragsdale said that because Roddy had been in all those Planet of the Eight movies where he was so covered in masks, he, he really learned to use his eyes because that's all he had mm-hmm. under the mask. And his eye, like right there, I mean, just the, the kindness and the sweetness of, of this man who, you know, over the hill, but just doesn't know what to do with this kid, you know? And interestingly, you know, Roddy came up at a time when uh, the close-up was used quite sparingly. Mm-hmm. Huh. When okay. you think about it, yeah, in old Hollywood true. movies, when close-ups were used, they were used for for major impact. They weren't, it wasn't, you know, a master over-over close-up all the time. That's true. Uh, scenes were very often shot in, uh, as we look at this scene here, we see the two characters included in the scene, the, the props, the background, everything's in the shot. Almost like and a the play. Scene plays that yeah. way. Uh, and so when he was coming up, those that, that was more often than not the way scenes were shot, you know, with 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 uh, occasions when they came in. And Roddy, that's the way he learned to act, because you were working on a bigger palette. You're talking about Prasini in March. Yeah. We had to, we had to, yeah, yeah. Really, you couldn't cut the scene if you had to do the entire scene. Yeah. Well, yes, and these are acting scenes, one after another. Yeah. Now, at the time, this was a pretty big movie for Roddy to be in, you know, having, you know, he hadn't really been in that many having a big role in a big studio film for a while was he uh, you know how did it how did it and I know you said you originally wanted Vincent Price or it was so how did Roddy get the part Roddy got the part because uh, I was looking for the somebody that has they had the kind of history and I was aware of him because of class of 84 which I'd written Mm -hmm. the Roddy and Roddy was still he wasn't well he had the he had the, the, the 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 planet of the apes but he didn't have the horror movie connotation that he, that he had later on. I don't know. He just seemed like the next. I don't want to say the next Vincent Price, but he seemed like yeah. the next Vincent Price possible. And know? and he and was he happy to be? You know, did he? You could tell he, he had a good time making this. Oh, movie. he came in. He came in and did a wonderful reading, and he had an image. He had an image of the cowardly lion. Oh, the really? Of Oz for Peter Vincent, and I thought that was so right on. And I remember working with him, and I just thought he was just wonderful. Because you had you had to really care for Peter Vincent, mm-hmm. you know. You had to really like him beneath it. He had to be a he had to be a, 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 a ham a ham and a phony and a wonderful, endearing, weak man. Did you guys get to go to any of his famous dinners? I oh. did. Mm-hmm. I, I heard about them. Oh well, you're just a lap dog. <laughs> Billy Cole doesn't get to go. I'll tell you though, the the, the great thing was that listening to his stories. 
Yeah. He would sit down between takes, and you know, you got a lot of downtime when you're when you're an actor on a, a movie. So he would just sit there and talk about Monty Clift, and he'd talk oh, about Liz Taylor. Taylor. Oh, oh my God, it was just amazing. I'm so glad I was privy to some of those. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, walking yes, yes. history. Yep, of the town. Yep, yep, yep. And I heard Jonathan, you say that he actually shot 16 millimeter footage. He had a camera, and he sh- I, I think he actually had a tape camera back then, too. Really? Um, and I have not been able to track them down. If anybody knows well, where I somebody did. Have. Somebody did. He, he, it's at Boston University. He, well, he, 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 he willed his archives to Boston University, and I contacted them, and they think they found them. So we're in the process right now of uh, trying to get permission <laughs> To get wow, this wow. footage because thank that, God you found them. Yeah, I, I've been well, looking all over. Great. It turned fabulous. it turned out I have a friend who mm-hmm. was a a, 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 friend, a companion of Roddy's in his last six months, and uh, he had, was very meticulous about making sure that everybody in his life got a little piece of of him, and for so, and he felt that That's Boston right. University would take care of this footage the most. So all his Planet of the Apes behind the scenes and all his, and all his fright nights. We still thing. have well, a bench in our foyer that Roddy gave us just before he died. Really? Yeah. That he bought well, like Ethel Merman or something. No kidding. Yeah. If we can really find those, 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 those then we, sh- yeah, we, we have to have the bo- this We have to have audition. Oh, oh, it's fantastic stuff. We're in the Peter Vincent scene where they go to the to his to his house to uh, ask him to uh, help Charlie, Amy, and uh, Evil Ed. And now uh, they they don't really believe Charlie, so they're just doing this to kind of. Well, they're, they're jolly him along, yes. Right. And, and as a writer now, and I write a lot, I gotta admire what Tom has done here. With the motivation for Peter is all about money. You see how yes. broke he is. It's all set up. You don't have to explain anything. It yes. just works very well. And as the Klaus Kinski knows for too. Is it really? Yes, that's what that is. Klaus Kinski knows for I love how. And by the way, the the final makeup, the big vampire makeup, yeah. is based on the the Nosferatu makeup, really? but not not the Klaus Kinski, the original, but the Mornau. Wow, I didn't know right, that. Right, Tom. Right. Of yeah. course, that makes sense. Well, again, you know, you sur- this is a movie that's real, but you surround it in pop culture. You, you had the clip of Christopher Lee, and there was a painting of Bela Lugosi. There's Nosferatu, Klaus Kinski. So you really are surrounding it. I mean, this is definitely a film made by a fan. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, this is a very, like you said, trying to maintain his dignity. That, to me, was one of the most touching aspects mm-hmm. of the Peter Vincent character, is trying to maintain the dignity. Putting that smoking jacket on... You know, uh, it's it's sort of like in The Wizard of Oz, you know, when the wizard, like, wait a minute, you know, and he's trying to get himself together, you know. You know um. But he's going to turn him down, and he just got an eviction notice, and the minute they offer a $500 savings bond, it's, yes! But you know it's killing him to take it. Sure, yeah. but you know he has to, and that's what's so good about it. Again. Well, he, he says he's leaving for a, you know, for, you know, for a, for a starring part in the Hollywood movie, and this is what he's saying right here. And then she says, I'll give you $500, and, and she says, hey, it's the old Hollywood double take. That's yeah. right, that's right, that's right. Because only Roddy could do it, mm-hmm. I think. And, um, again, the, what we talked about uh, when we were doing the child's plays, the heart, you know, that's what really, a lot of, you know, most of the horror films of its time, of any time, you know, are, is missing heart, and that's what I think really is so well, it's timeless same, about this. When movie. I first read the script, that's what I immediately know knew about Tom and his writing and his directing, for that matter, 
was that here's somebody who understands that if you don't invest emotionally in the characters, then the scary stuff doesn't work. That's right. Or if it works, it works purely on a visceral level. It has right. no underlying emotional content to it. And if there is uh, empathy for the characters, if you're identifying with the characters, then you're much more scared. Yes. Because you really are placing yourself in their place. You see them as humans just like you. And again, that, that pardon the pun, raises the stakes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the shot with the clocks. I yeah. just always thought that was a very smart shot. Whose idea was all the clocks? Mine, mine. Yeah, well, yeah, <clears throat> keep track of time, doesn't it? Yep. Well, that's, yeah. again, and the fruit, like, again, what I love about it is turning it on its head. You know, the clocks, yeah, of course he doesn't, but that vampire would still have fruit, especially as you, a fruit bat, you know, he, mm -hmm. he you know, he, he would, uh, you know. Yeah. And Make the, sure it's ripe. Yes. It's got to be ripe fruit. <laughs> A blood orange, right? That's right. Well, in this, case, <laughs> this might have been an apricot. I'm not sure. What's also interesting is, I can't think of any. Maybe there's a few where a vampire film where the vampire is aware of the pop culture that surrounds what he is. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 that's interesting. Very unique. Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. That's why I think that line really resonates. Welcome to Fright Night. For real, because you know, the, this, these you know, you think it's just blood, fake blood, and rubber on, but it's real, Charlie. Mm -hmm. This this scene always struck me as a couple of frat guys just just gonna have one good one, have one on. Where Jerry and Billy are talking about they're bringing Peter Vincent over the next yeah. night. Right, you got Prince Albert in the can. <laughs> <laughs> Let him out; he's gonna suffocate. Now, I heard that you were wearing, like, five shirts to make yourself even look bulkier. I, I did in the uh, in the audition. I wore stuff in my shoes. I wore, But then Tom, and, and but then I, I actually worked out. I had, like, time, so I worked out and got a little bulkier. You got... Um, now I'm really bulkier. You got cult, yeah. cut? You got yeah. cut. You got I cut. see. So now um, we finally have our four, you know, the, the gang. Yes, the, the, yeah. the, the gang is united. They're all they're all in on in in on the in on it except Charlie. They're all going through this just to, to relieve Charlie of his neuroses. And of course, they don't believe it for a minute. And Charlie, you know, is totally convinced. It's just a very funny situation again and again. I love the alternate uh, his bravery and his not deciding he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the cowardly lion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's especially funny when they when they come back and well later on movie, Peter Vincent approaching the house. Well, uh, why do we think this over and go around the back? <laughs> now, who came up with the outfit for uh, for Roddy? Was this the costume designer? Do you remember? I, it has to it's be. almost Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it is. It, it is Sherlock be, Holmes. Yeah. It's it, it is it, it's Sherlock Holmes. Yet yet he also has the. Um, the, almost a, a Dracula type Cravat, pendant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, you're talking about. Well, the it's pendant. and it's ex exact same outfit he wears in the the, oh, the, the movies, TV show. Right? Yeah, yeah, the TV this show. This is yeah. like it's, yeah. it's it's so sad. He's like he's he's doing one last performance for these kids, you know, putting on his actual yeah. costume yeah. that he saved, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 that's what's funny too. Billy Cole's actually a fan of Peter. Yeah, yes. watch it. I'm sure. <laughs> when Chris and I used to sit there and say, "I bet we watched this thing and just had the best time." <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah, we did. I mean, Fright Night's your favorite show. Well, right? Right? Well, I mean, but, Peter, but Jerry Andrews comes down the stairs in a minute and says oh. that to him. I've, uh, and there's a beat, 
enjoyed them so much. Now so here lovely. we go. Now if this is one, not one of the greatest entrances ever, it's a great oh, entrance. I'm I just, mean, it, come on. Got to give Tom credit for this. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, here we go. I mean, just with the apple and, and the moment. The, the very deliberate, so self-aware of of, of of your the way others see you. Mm -hmm. I remember calling him Jer too, and I, <laughs> I didn't think Tom would put that that actual take in, but here it is. I've been so. He says, uh... <laughs> and here's where he sees Emmy for the first uh, yes. time. Uh oh. <laughs> it's that classic moment where Dracula realizes that so and Lucy's the reincarnation of his, yeah, you know, yeah. which again, you know, really was played up in the uh, Coppola Dracula, but at, up till now hadn't really been done. Right. Well, this was Chris, I think, that, that came up with this. I know it was Chris that came up with the idea. Yeah, the other picture. Doing the, the portrait. Yeah. 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 There you go. Such a charmer, Chris. Such a charmer. Oh, Peshaw. <laughs> <laughs> He's kissing her hand now. And that turtleneck. Come on. <laughs> and you can always get girls with a turtleneck. Yeah. You know, it's, it is funny, but I never realized, but aqua was sort of a color scheme for Jerry Dandridge and, and the house, you know. Uh, hmm. The color of fear, green. <laughs> is green the color of fear? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, a lot of... Um, Dario Argento lights a lot of his Italian... The hard ones with just green. It's, it's psychologically mm -hmm. the color of fear. Right. I love that little move of yours, John. We we missed it, but that was part of the caging thing him in. Billy and I would play with it. I just love to taunt him. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was the most fun for me. Hurting. Yeah, right. And and in a way, just really humiliating him in front of everybody. Well, there's so much subtext here, isn't there? Again, everything has an undercurrent of sexual tension. You know, I mean, if that's not a phallic symbol, you know, you know <laughs> oh. or a symbol of masculinity, you right. know, and, uh, and here's the holy water, which isn't, which isn't holy water, right? I love how Ryan, oh, he, you're in on it, you know, help me make mm -hmm. my 500 bucks, you know, but. right, <laughs> right. But that it's important to make it seem as if it's dangerous. Jerry just checking just to make sure, right? He would know. Mm -hmm. That's a nice little touch. Yeah. Just checking it up to the fire. I'm sure there was some sort of vampire uh, uh, lead test. Right, a whole, if it's <laughs> been blessed, right. the, holy, the holy test. Yummy. Now, again, you got to rehearse these scenes ahead of time. Oh, yes. As a group. Oh, this whole thing where I put the whole thing on, the, on its feet before we started to shoot. And we did a we did a run through a dress run through. Mm -hmm. We even had the sets taped off. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could see it worked. It worked as a play. It really does. You could put this right on his feet, and it worked as a play. So um, Broadway musical. Friday 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 night. Night. I would love it. I would love it. Hey, I just saw Cronenberg did an opera of The Fly. That's mm -hmm. right. So yeah. why Howard not Shore, Friday Night the musical? Howard Shore did the music. Yes. Okay, and now you're stepping. There you go. Such a loyal, loyal, uh, loyal uh, friend of Jerry's. And again, the balance of humor and danger. 
the the the, the fruit, you know, the levity, and then the real danger. Well, now the threat is you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to put your friends at danger, would you, Charlie? Mm-hmm. Which is to say, Charlie now is the only one who knows what's going on, and Jerry Dandridge, but nobody else believes it yet. However, the moment's coming up where Peter Vincent's going to pull out his cigarette case in right. the mirror. That's safe too. This was one of those scenes when we were all together. That whenever we, we weren't doing something, we were laughing. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, we had the best time. Yeah, yeah. This I is remember actually, this particular set. Is yeah, being a, yeah. This is actually the only set. scene where all five of you are. I think we're all in the same scene. Of I think you may be yeah, right. I think it is. This is, a, this is a real actor sort of. Now, Tom, do you think having been an actor that it helped you direct actors better? Do you? Oh, I think enormously. Yes. Do you I consider think. yourself an actor's director? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I consider him that, at least for me. I, yeah, I me too. I thought it was amazing. I've always loved actors. I'm a frustrated actor. So I'm, the only, <laughs> I'm the only one I know who hasn't put himself into his own movies. I always felt there were better actors. And now he's now Peter Vincent has dropped the case, the cigarette case. The scene, there's no reflection. I love But he leaves the shard of, of glass behind. And now Jerry is suspicious of what's going on, and Peter is scared to death. And now we're taking a whole new step up in terms of danger. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because after stakes. this, Jerry, well, this Jerry act three. Goes, That's Act Three, isn't it? Pretty much the stepping on the mirror. I think actually the beginning of Act, the end of I think it's still Act Two. I think the end of Act Two is when he kidnaps. Uh, uh, he no, when he kidnaps the girl. Oh, okay. yeah. <clears throat> Amy. So now, you know, he, he has to face what he doesn't want to face, that maybe this is real, maybe there is something more. Oh, yeah, and he runs. Maybe there is something to these horror films that he's been in. That's right. Just out of curiosity, Chris, Jonathan, Tom, do any of you have any beliefs in Supernatural? Depends on what you mean by Supernatural. If you're talking about vampires, No. If you're talking about ghouls, no. But if do I believe that there's an energy that uh, that is, exists? Um, the laws of physics, it seems to me, indicate that you know our energy doesn't cease to exist once we die. What sort of form that takes, who knows? I'm more of a skeptic. I, I don't believe it, but I'd be the first one to want to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't. I'm not a vampire uh, movie fan. Really? No, I don't. I, vampires don't scare me. At all, except the Blade ones, which are a lot more, you know. Right. But, but, you know, the, the regular, the Bela Lugosi, and, no, don't scare me. Had you seen any of those films prior to... Yeah. Prior oh, yeah. Yeah. You had, you had oh, seen... Like I said, that we were talking about, we had all those horror guests on our late-night shows. I saw a lot of them, but they never really scared me. How about you? Did you, were you, had you, how did you view the horror film in general prior to this? Probably Well, not. I really saw them more as kind of great classic... Uh, Hollywood films. I'm thinking of the original Bela Lugosi, right. Dracula, the uh, uh, the Murnau... Wolfman? Uh, uh, no, the uh, Nosferatu. Oh, right, right. Uh, this is a wonderful kind of misdirection here where Ed is pretending, right, that mm-hmm. he's been bitten mm-hmm. or been attacked. You're going to go to a, to a, to a crane shop. Again, the sleight of hand that the, the filmmaker is magician. Always, you know, Tom, you're always misdirecting the characters and the audience. Hmm. Well, what comes after this though is the shot of it's a crane. I, I Jerry flies. So right. I was doing crane shots throughout, which were Jerry's point of view. 
and I'll come off of this as 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 evil as there you go. Mm -hmm. I, this is Jerry's point of view, and that's Jerry. And you'll hear the fluttering of wings as Jerry comes down to the ground. And when you come down, you will you crane down and bang. You hear him land, and there he is. Brilliant. And again, so that's much. That's all boarded. That's all storyboard. So much more effective than if you actually show Jerry fly. You mm -hmm. know, with CGI. Oh, and all absolutely. This. Leave it to the audience's imagination. And this was the second time he flew because I think you had it on top of the house he flies earlier. Another the crane shot there. Right. Yep. Now this wasn't a set. This was, this was downtown. Outside. Yeah. This was downtown, wasn't it? Oh, That's glorious downtown. night shoots. Downtown. 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 Right. And yeah. Steven said it was a little dangerous. So well, it was probably. Yeah. I remember a downtown couple of guards around there before it was uh, developed. Now this is again one of the you know, very poignant subtext of the film, the idea that Evil Ed as the outsider, Evil Ed as sort of the third cog in the wheel that is, you know, Amanda and, and, and Charlie and, and, you know, always sort of Sal Minio to their James Dean and Natalie Wood. Mm -hmm. And in a way, you as an outsider, you know, the vampire has always been a symbol of outsider. You know, that's why I think a lot of gay audiences really respond to this film and really mm -hmm. respond to the character of Evil yep. Ed. Yep, absolutely. And in a way... Well, Stephen Jeffries did a hell of a job. Right. And very, very brave choices. I mean, I remember being initially in rehearsals worried that he was over the top. But, you know, no, not when you played it. But you always get what's brilliant about it is in moments like this, when you see him playing real fear, it's almost like you see that his over-the-top is, is his own act, Evil Ed's own act to hide his inner, you know, the, the, the inner the conflict of should I, be, should I be submissive or should I be really afraid? And mm -hmm. what am I afraid of? Mm-hmm, exactly. This, this is just one of the most moments with, where the music, the set, the acting, everything just comes together. No, it's really all, all done for $1.95. That, that, all it is is re rewinding the shot and running it backwards with the smoke disappearing. And then you just, that's on a cut, yeah. What was the initial budget for this? I can't remember, nine and a quarter? Something like that, yeah, I think so. And again, what, you know, what, what Jerry's offering, it's like, you, you understand, Jerry understands Evil Ed. Yeah, absolutely. I know what it's like, Jerry's saying. Yeah. I know what it's like to be you. To be different. Yeah. Well, Being, there's a reason you don't see Evil Ed's parents because this is the parental, mm -hmm. you know, scene. Yep. Yes. And in a way, he was trying to get that parental, you know, unit with you know William Ragsdale and Beers, but now he's he's it's like he's betraying now a right a family, and now he's coming to him, you know, and, and it's like the cloak of protection, and he's in a way he's turned his back on these two. Mm -hmm. There's no going back from this yeah. point on for Evil Ed. This great, there's a scream there, right? Yeah. Great scream. And they don't believe him. They think well, Evil, because Evil has messed with him already in right. the alley once, they think he's messing with him again. Yeah, that scene was just, again, so many different emotions in one film. Just, you don't get that in a, quote, standard horror film, Tom. You, you know, know, you really are all, well, and it works. It, 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 it all works. And you, you made you made me think, though. I mean, how did I how did I manage to get this done by a major? You know, the I think you know, the major studio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think because it was so different. 
But if it had been a slasher film, I probably wouldn't have had it. Yeah, like, were they watching dailies? I mean, because, you know... They were watching dailies, but they didn't. But they, you know, more now they'd be like more tits, more blood, more this, more that, you know, and they, and, and you know, they wouldn't. Then in the style, they say we don't care, just give us the quotient yeah. of blood. Well, their know? attention was elsewhere during the making of this, as I said. I love you. Never see Jerry run. Yes, he doesn't have to. He doesn't <laughs> well, have to. This is all cuts. He's down. And again, there. the 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 and bang. This, he's the, up there. Brilliant. The quiet authority. Never taking your hands out of your pocket. Just that. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah, need what's he to. Doing with, what's he doing with his hands? <laughs> <laughs> You'd this be is surprised. Your hmm? This is your friend, isn't it, Tom? That's Stuart Stern, who wrote Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, wow. Speaking of Rebel Without a Cause, that's an interesting one. Mm -hmm. Talking about Salminio. And James Dean. Now, this is a great set piece. Yes, and this they always say just, it's the, an the, 80s disco, you know. But this, to me, is just where, you know, Brad Fidel's score... And the actual, the songs. Now, you said there was a gentleman who was the, the music David, David, supervisor. David Shackler shows a lot of the songs, yes. The, uh, Brad Fidel did the music and did the blends. And you had, you had just heard his score for Terminator, Terminator. which is one of the yeah. first electronic scores. First, the first one, yeah. Uh, they're, all right, and there you go. I love the, that little nod to Bella to go yeah. see in the background. And There was a tiff here between Stephen and uh, Roddy. And I don't know, I think Stephen has spoken of it in the past. We will see. Roddy thought that Stephen got a little out of control, and when he when he attacks him, was was pulling at him too much and hurt his neck. Ah. Oh. I think it may have, something else may have been going on. Stephen could speak of it when we're when we're looking at this again on <laughs> right. Friday. This one's the vampire commentary. Yes. We'll, we'll do the mortal commentary. Uh, yeah. In a, in a couple of days. Now this. I mean that makes so effective. Every cut you've added, you embellish the makeup a little bit more, subtly. The teeth, especially. That's Randy Cook. He can speak to all of this. And again, plant, you know, taking it up a notch. The the, the length of the fangs, the, the you know, the, the size of the jaw, you know, it hadn't been seen before, and, and it just gets. And then eventually, when Amanda has that big jaw. Yeah, big mouth. Yeah. Did you work with them on the design of the monsters? I might. I have. Yes, I did. Mm. But I. But I. I mean, I had a brilliant team. You had Richard Edlin. You had Randy Cook. You had Steve, Steve Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. I mean, you had really talented yeah, guys, great. and they just finished Ghostbusters. I mean, right. these were you know, Randy could speak to it. But I mean, boy, you know, I, I worked at uh, Richard Edlin's company, Boss Films, as a receptionist. Really? And I, yeah, and I knew Randy Cook from there, so it was very uh, strange to see Richard and, and, and Randy back a yeah. year or two later. You're gonna after. see him Friday night. I am. I'm Friday thrilled. Night. I can't wait to see him. He's that's a great crazy. guy. Wow. And now what's interesting is like in that scene, Peter Vincent had to take what had just been a prop and actually, you know, which builds up to the you have to have faith, which is again mm -hmm. one of the main themes of this film. Is that again from you know sort of the cowardly line you know the Wizard of Oz needing faith? Well, I think that yeah, everything's a test. Uh, I'll tell you, Tom, you kept giving me these great entrances. Great entrances yeah. <laughs> and outfits. Boy. Yep. And outfits. These were all from. Uh, I give them a little plug. Fred Siegel. Ah. Really. In Hollywood, yeah, the kind of up and upper end um, Hollywood purveyor of uh, you know Hollywood couture. Betty Davis didn't get as good entrances no, as you. No, no. <laughs> Did you get well, to keep some of these outfits? And, uh, <laughs> a couple of them. Yeah. And you said you were you were wore some of your outfits for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm about, I'm about ready to do another mirror shot up here during the disco scene. But this is all about erotica. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I was adding that too. It's also about that when he bites her in the back of the neck and the blood flows. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what, you know, back to when Bram Stoker wrote Dracula it was in Puritan times, the whole idea of the fangs and the penetration. This and is the... misdirection. He crosses left to right. He will appear on the opposite side of the S where he mm -hmm. couldn't you know, right to oh, left. But Jerry can do anything. That's right. Mm -hmm. He appears but, wherever he wants to. But these, these were effects that were done for, you know, for $1.95. These are cuts. It's all about planning and boarding. And that's, that's one right, of the things okay. a lot of people, they just they don't, they don't just start filming and just figure, well, we'll throw money at it, you know. But it, it, it really can be done if you just plan ahead of time. What I love about this scene is, you know, that classic idea of, you know, the vampire turning the uh, virgin girl into the, the beast. Yes, I mean, in this one dance, you literally see Jerry transform Amanda. Her. her. Yeah, and she literally physically changes. And, and Her clothing changes, her makeup changes. Her hair. Her hair. And cuts. And Jerry just has that way of almost like... Please bring your sexually alive in a way Charlie never could. Which, right. Unleashing the beast within. We've just seen him do yes. that to Ed. Do you remember who choreographed this, Tom? No, I don't. Do you? The woman. I don't remember yeah, her name. Remember. She did a terrific job. Yeah, she sure did. Well, what and whenever I meet female fans, this is the scene they all talk about. They want you to dance with them, right? Yeah, well, I don't know if that's... Well, dance? <laughs> <laughs> put, put your hand on my leg. <laughs> well, what's amazing, too, I love how everybody else... Is doing one thing and they're doing something else. Mm -hmm. They're in their own world. How how many how long did it take you to film this sequence? It was a few days. Really? Yeah. Okay. Was it Walter Crowd? Yeah. And in like, did you actually have music playing? Because a lot of, or what did you just have to pretend? Because a lot of times, you know. We were working on a click track. We have, he must have been. Yeah, had to be. Was it? Although it wouldn't really matter if it's a non-dialogue scene, would it? No. They could have played the music, right? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. What, I, was I, it I the actual, had, had the songs been written prior? Were you actually dancing to the song, you know, Come to Me? As I recall, yes, but, you know. It's been over 20 years. So. This is also, I think, you can really see. Now her this, hair. Yeah. You can see Amanda's acting chops here. I mean, mm -hmm. it is great effects and hair and everything else, but you, she's actually becoming a, a different person. She's completely selling it. Every every move, every uh, cut, you know, she... And didn't you change her the material of her, of her blouse? Yeah, she went from cotton to silk in terms of the blouse, yeah. All this stuff had this to be is no. This is not very subtle. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Very risque for the time. Yeah, very, very. This was sort of um, very, very cutting edge sexually for the '80s. And again, it's like you're doing it. Now here's where I tried the mirror shot again. Does it work any better here? I saw it. Oh, I noticed. She's it. looking oh, yeah, at the mirror absolutely. as she's dancing yeah. alone. Now you get it. Yeah, absolutely. Get a yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. I don't think there's any question. No. And she's and and, and it, this is a very hypnotic sequence because then the music changes from the more you know uh, the disco dance song to now the slow seductive song. And again, like you did in the window, you know you're fucking with Charlie. You know you're you're you're, you're you mm -hmm. know it's like do something about it. Yeah. And he tries to. 
But Jerry is so strong. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you can carry a coffin with one hand. Yeah, right. Talk about ultimate fighting. <laughs> Jerry just, he doesn't even have to try. No. Squeezing his hand, driving him to You get a lot of, uh, I heard that uh, a little anecdote that you ran into Sugar Ray Leonard once. Oh, yes. At the Beverly Hills Hotel, I was walking across the, there's a, an alleyway, not an alleyway, it's a, it's a sort of little avenue where cars come into park. Beverly Hilton. Beverly, Beverly I think, Wilshire? Oh, no, no, the Beverly Hilton. Beverly right. Hilton. Anyway, um, I'm exiting, he's entering, I can't remember which, one or the other. Ooh, those are those great contacts again. Yeah. <laughs> Half an hour, that's all I could wear them for. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> anyway, and Sugar Ray Leonard just stopped in his tracks, came over to me, and just started talking about the movie like it was the greatest thing he had ever seen. Wow. He was just a huge fan of the movie. Sha Shaquille O'Neal, same thing. Really? Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I ran into Shaq once. A good friend of mine was uh, on his management team. And I went to a photo shoot to meet my friend, and I'm walking through, and Shaq is standing over there getting his picture taken. He looked over at me, and he, his eyes lit up, and then he opened his mouth and made fangs. <laughs> <laughs> and laughed. He's a very funny guy. When you guys were making this, did you have any idea, you know, I guess, you know, not thinking, did you think it was going to be successful in a short term? You know, do you have hopes for it? I mean, what did you think the audiences were going to take this? I never knew. I mean, we had, you know, we had the previous, I went to a couple of the previews, it obviously played, but it was, it was, it had comedy to it, it had heart to it. They didn't know what to think of it because it wasn't a slasher picture. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I don't think, I don't think Columbia quite knew I don't it. think the studio knew what to do with it. But they had these, they, they had these very high numbers in the, on, on the previews. And uh, my memory is they put it out and then Columbia ran, was run by Coca-Cola at the time. Mm -hmm. And they had some kind of cost sheet, you know, bottom line thing where it worked out. And they started to withdraw advertising on it once it had opened big. Because it sh they showed with their their MBAs, their business people, that you made more on your bottom line if you started to withdraw advertising money. Because I was complaining that once it was a hit, mm -hmm. they didn't support it. The minute it, it was a hit and it had been two weeks a hit, it was like, okay, then start pulling the money because we don't want this to go for another 10 weeks. Wow. Because it doesn't make sense given the amount of advertising money we have to put into it. This is a great scene, by the way. Uh, Billy's asking Peter Vincent. This is a straight acting scene. It's almost, it's all done in one, uh, one moving master. There's, there, there are no cuts in here. And it's all the acting between the two of them. And you, you see, you see, you see uh, Rodney McDowell break down, essentially. Go from being you know, Peter Vincent, where he says it's not even my real name. And I, I just don't have the, the, the guts to go there and do that. I can't do it. And it all plays in one. And that's because the actors were able to sustain a two, two and a half minute scene. Mm -hmm. And I knew they could do that because we had rehearsed it for two weeks. And you had seen, you know, you'd seen their ability. And all the questions have been answered. If you rehearse, I mean, if you have acting scenes, if you rehearse, then any questions that might come up during shooting are all dealt with, because once you start to shoot, there's never enough time or never enough money. You can't deal with the issues on the day because you don't have the time. Right. right. Oh, wait a minute. There's a problem. I don't understand why this moment transitions into this moment. Where are we in the scene? Where am I in terms of the big picture of the movie itself? And all those questions get answered when you rehearse. Were you able to rehearse on the sets themselves? 
Or, I don't know, think so. Know. What I had were the drawings, the architectural drawings. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I had a stage where we rehearsed. We, we started out in the room, but finally put it on his feet in the stage. And I took it and I taped out the uh, the, 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 the rooms. And I mm -hmm. used chairs for the folding chairs for tables and for chairs. This is a very sexy scene. This is where he puts the music in. This is where he starts the... The seduction of Amy, mm -hmm. and it ends with it ends with blood, which is really the, you know the virgin's blood, you know with you know with, the, with a, a different kind of penetration, which is to say the fangs, but it's something very erotic about looking at the at her back as that blood goes down her. And then the portrait, back. you and know, the portrait again. This is saw. very gothic, you know. This is very. Uh... It was very sexy too. I mean, I'm hitting a lot of different colors here. I mean, throughout the script, we've gone from comedy to. We just you know, had a facts. very tragic pathos you know, of a man yes. basically admitting his whole life is a is a is a, a lie. Is a lie. Room. Yes, he's none of those things have been selling. He's just a cheap hammy actor. You can't go in and face real vampires. Then you go to this scene. That's what a lot of this movie's about: is characters, you know, facing the lies they've been living. Mm-hmm. And now Jerry is. Uh, He's walking the walk. Yep, going beyond <laughs> just going beyond just the. Uh, What's that slow, sexy walk? Yep. And again, Brad's score here just really great score. Yep. Adding to the mood. Now, did you use Chris uh, ice on Chris's nipples? <laughs> <laughs> and no dialogue. Now we're getting terribly confused about which. Where the camera had to be when you were doing over the shoulders like this, you know, just to stay on the same side because I'm flipping sides. The eyeline doesn't bother you. Again, using the bite. Penetration. <laughs> mm -hmm. You had said once that, uh, if, if I may bring this story up, that Chris came to you one day about the chemistry with uh, Amanda. Uh, yeah, I never said that on. I never said that on. On tape or anything for, for people in for public, but uh, I guess Amanda doesn't care that much. She's think. actually talked about she it. She talked about Has it. She? she talked about you know. I didn't. I didn't understand. I didn't know any of this stuff. I went through the half through the whole thing, and of course, you know, half the cast was gay, and I didn't have a clue. <laughs> 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 well, I knew Roddy was, you know. But, you know. Well, Aunt Amanda. Has become a very courageous, uh, one of the very earliest, you know, out right. celebrities and a, a, a crusader to this day, mm -hmm. very bravely. Yeah, you know, she's an extraordinary woman, Amanda, <clears throat> and really, really funny. I mean, she's got yeah. a great sense of humor. I, we had the best time at, in Dallas. Yeah, all, all oh of yeah, us together. she's a riot. She's she just says it like it is, you know. Where's your shot? Oh yeah. You have to hold the blood in your mouth, Chris, and make sure. I think sure. there were tubes run, run through there, weren't they? I think so. There's a tube running right, right, right from the back. Yeah, because you need those two separate ones to make right. it. Right, right. And so I had to be frozen in place. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's almost as if I had a tooth mark that I had to hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the tubes were... Now, now we're definitely into our third act. Okay, yeah. Now it's the... the, this, is the this is the beginning of this. It's a crescendo and climax. This is Billy approaching the, the, the Jerry Dandridge's house. And the, 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 it doesn't stop now until the very end. This is when you really, the effects guys really uh, flex their muscles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have another great line from Stephen Jeffrey's Dinners in the Oven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know that these were going to become 
lines. You know, I, I read the, the talk back on Ain't That Cool News. People are quoting lines from this. Was thing. that your line, Dinner's in the Oven? Yeah, that yeah, that's what Stephen Jeffrey says to, to Billy when one of the scenes coming up. I love the shots of the house here. They uh, really, really got some great shots. And now... Peter's come, come yes. to the, to the, to the rest. God, I wish I had that box. I can't believe he well, kept it. Well, apparently it's at Boston University. Roddy My kept goodness. it. He was such an archivist. And uh, it's at the, the uh, Howard Gottlieb Film uh, Archives at, the, at Boston University. Except for those fans listening, I don't think you can check it out. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can borrow it right. and bring it back at the <laughs> right. library. Now, you guys, I heard you were all given coffins by the... Yeah, little boxes. Guy right? McElwain, the uh, head of the studio at Columbia. the time, gave us all at the opening, or was it? Uh, yeah. yeah, I believe so. Little boxes that looked like coffins that had a lid, and inside there was a wooden cross and a stake. Mm -hmm. uh, cool. And then on the uh, lid was a little plate that read Fright Night, and I believe the year. Yeah, I'd forgotten all about that. Was there big, a, a big mm -hmm. premiere for this? No. No. Really? No. No, I think there was just a you know an opening in Hollywood. Well, uh -huh. at the Motion Picture Academy. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did one there, but yeah. uh, I don't recall there being a big sort of red carpet, you know, right. big no. publicity. This, this, this was it was the, not that kind of movie. This was mm -hmm. the least of their of their slate. Of course, it turned out to be just about the most successful. I remember Guy McElwain saying the only thing he was afraid of was that his tenure at Columbia was going to become known for Fright Night and nothing else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and it was. And and then Guy just recently passed this year. Lovely, lovely man. I did not see this uh, in L.A. I was out of town, and I uh, went to New York, and my friend said, we got to go to 42nd Street and see it. Oh, oh. that's where you go. If you have never seen a scary movie on 42nd Street, you you, you have to go. I don't know if it's still the same now. Oh, but, absolutely. So, oh, yes, absolutely. That was the best place to see it, I have to say. And weren't you a little nervous about seeing it? Oh, I was totally nervous. I, other than the, the wonderful script supervisor, uh, uh, Mavis Gerard. Who, who kept assuring me I was doing okay. I was absolutely convinced I was going to suck. <laughs> the vampires are supposed to suck. That's right. <laughs> was I a vampire? That's... Yeah. You You don't even know, do you, Tom? No, I don't know. <laughs> he, was on, he was on his way. He hadn't been, he hadn't been finally bit. Now I'm doing... Oh, now, what? what? Your 10th your great... All right, this. now That's this. That's a great shot. That was your idea, wasn't it, Chris? Think so. Yeah, Tom, you said that was Chris came up. I can't remember. I remember we put wax on the on the on the on the banister, and his fingernail moving along brings the brings the the varnish slash wax mm -hmm. up. I can't remember that. And that's the famous line. Welcome to Fright Night. Didn't you roll an R in there? Mm-hmm. I think you did. Pause. Fold your arms. For real. And whenever I see it with an audience, everyone it's just like in Rocky Horror when you know anticipate. Say it, patient people. It's like say it, say it for real. <laughs> you know, I, I, I know I've described this before to Tim, but I'm doing Abbott and Costello here. Oh really? You, oh yeah. Tell me that. Then, not not here, but where the scene where Billy gets up behind them. <laughs> I'm doing Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. It was one of my favorite movies. Mm. You got that faith for that to work, yeah. Mr. Vincent. Now that again. I remember seeing this for the first time. That really was turning it on its head. You know, that was a new sort of twist that you added to the classic mythos that it, the holy water, the cross means nothing if there's no faith behind it. Mm -hmm. That was the first time anybody I had ever seen a vampire literally crush a crucifix. Which again, what I love about Jerry is he seems to see inside the soul of everybody. Yeah, so here comes Billy the rescue. Jonathan Stark. 
Oh, yeah. And Charlie Brewster has the faith. There we go. Bam. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why you're not a vampire, because you're not No, this, this is a very good homoerotic right. moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's a little Abbott Costello <laughs> exit there. Yeah. Cowardly lion again. Yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> what good friends, really. What good yeah. buddies. Just pals. Oh, and this is the great Evil Ed reveal, right? Yes. yes. And it really is so sad. It's such a sad scene. Well, the transition back. And yeah. uh, did you intend it to be sad? Or, I mean, you no, know. No, I did. You did? Yeah. Well, I always, I, always, I always thought that Evil Ed had a tremendous vulnerability. Now, this is the oh, dinner. Is in, your mom left a note as she reads it. Dinner's in the oven. Charlie, I don't know why the audience seizes on these lines, but and, they and, do. And what, whose idea was it to have the Raggedy Ann, you know, wig on? I mean, it's just brilliant. I can't remember, but I had to have something that confused him for a few beats there, and I didn't have any money left. We'd gone through the, right. the budget, so that's what we had. And so we put we put that terrible wig on him, and yes, there he's pulling the note out. Right. Oh, Charlie. Hmm. <laughs> is in the oven. People love it. And the thing, too, is like, you know, look at me. Like, it's like all, all you people who rejected me, this is what you've turned oh, yes, into of me. Oh, yes, of course. But yes, but now I have the power. Right. And, you know, now I, you know, now you have to be afraid of me. But at the same time, there's that Stephen's really playing that almost sense of disgust. Like, look what you made me, you know. No, where Stephen's great is the coming scene. Mm -hmm. He's dying. God, we work forever with this wolf. Get the wolf to do that, the charge. How did you? I had a trainer, but I mean... You have a Hollywood agent at the other yeah. end of the hallway? But it's, it was very, very hard. Well, that is the agent. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very hard. It was a very... Uh, and that's a fake wolf. Great, wow. Now, all that was boarded out, and that was Richard Edlund's self to make that work. Because you know, now that's, now that's a fake the wolf. Chandelier. That's a puppeteer, yeah. a fake wolf. Randy Cooks under Johnson. the floor. Uh, I think they have no. wires. Right. They're under the they're under the bed, and they have and their wires on the other uh, side of the, the front uh, door. Yeah. And they're they're pulling them, but they're well, they're pulling them, making them look alive. Mm -hmm. Again, and using the chandelier to sort of for perspective. Yes. You know? Well, the chandelier confuses you because it's swinging back and forth, and that's from Psycho. Right. That's right. The, uh, that's the, that's the light bulb that's right. at the end. That's yeah. Right. That's right. I love that. And this is a shot run back, backwards my memory. And I love that, you know, Roddy's reaction is rather than like disgust, it's 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 it's, it's sadness. It's it, again, like you said, you know, it's like, oh this is hours. That's a great shot. Hours for Stephen Jeffries to get oh on the guard. Now is that Stephen? Mm-hmm. And these are That's done. not a puppet, that's actually That's Stephen. Okay. This, you know, with the, with the hours and hours of makeup with that head. No, I don't know what happened to the, the, the werewolf head. This is done in cuts as he starts to transition back. What's cool though is, you know, the guys, the special effects guys, there's, there's, they all have a similar look with the fangs and the jaw, whether they're werewolves, vampires, different transitions. Well, it's a puppet hand on the stake, and that, and then the real hand comes up. 
That oh. is, that, you see, you're doing transitions there with two different hands. But one cut, no, no one shot. That's right. Mm -hmm. That one's human. The, the first one wasn't. Now we're back to a, a lesser makeup as he starts the transition. This is all Stephen Jeffries doing this. And, and I love, and Roddy's reaction is just so, he's crying. Well, but, 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 but Stephen's whimpering. I mean, you know, it's just, just. Again, you know, some remake would just do this all with CGI and just lose mm -hmm. everything. And what's great, though, this is what turns Roddy's character. This is, this yes, is the moment gives he him gets the, his yes. courage. Yes. Mm. You know. Very, very good, Jonathan. Yes. Well, you know. You've written a couple of things I've well, heard. Well, <laughs> And then you add the, the, the dissolve as the, as the cross disappears from his forehead. And now he's pure. He's, you know. He's back to human again. I love how you just dump him. Remember, even he has the stake and he puts the stake in the ground. The stake was weighted. So I remember in the tip to make it do that. Well, that's how that was done. Mm -hmm. And now one of the biggest scares coming up again, just all again, done with composition. Reminds me a lot of this was done, you know, the way the old silent was a George Mealy, who used uh, First Man in the Moon, had, had George. Yeah, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but that you're yeah. right. Yeah, this George is funny. Mille you hear he, he, Charlie discovers she's a vampire and he screams, and Jerry Dandridge is thrilled with it in the stairway. Oh, yes, music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> And here's Roddy getting his nerve for the first time and is getting ready to go off and do battle single-handedly if need be. That's a great shot transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting back. I, again, yeah, all done Oh, and he pulls, pulls the stake. And his body shit, yeah. Uh -huh. But all done on the set the way they used to do in those silent films when it was just like almost magic tricks, illusions, you know. Uh, there's, it's more organic for, as an actor... You know, acting with that versus a green screen where they would add evil ed later. I mean, a lot easier, believe me, to do it this way. Yeah, absolutely. For an actor, yeah. oh yeah. I always found and it having the makeup actually on you and the blood versus yep. adding it later, and, and you know, that's such classic that the fog fog that rolling shot. off reminds me of The Exorcist when the Father Karras yes. shows up at the house with all the fog, and now we have the final showdown. Between good and evil, or shades of gray, and the, and and in finally do and 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 Peter Vincent redeems himself. That's right. He becomes the lie. He becomes he becomes Peter Vincent the vampire killer. Yeah. Right. He comes what he becomes what he was started out presenting himself to be, which yeah. which mean which by correcting a lie making you know. Realigns his makes whole you life. Him. Makes you love him. Mm -hmm. you know, every time I see Amanda with that that big mouth on, all I can remember is her trying to eat lunch with that thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Because for some reason, you'd have all this makeup on, and then you'd have to eat lunch. It was mm -hmm. not to call. Well, because we started. I mean, my makeup started at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'd go to work at noon. Yeah. I sat in the commissary with that steak in me. <laughs> trying to try and eat around that steak. That's, that's, that's funny. And there you are. Uh, again, always eating, you know, mm -hmm. always snacking. Peter Vincent to the rescue. 
can't. Look. And um we got problems. Uh-oh. He senses or hears it. It's Jerry Dandridge. We have visitors. Were we gardening there? Yeah, what were you doing? I think we know we're putting a grave. You were preparing a second coffin for Amy. Yeah, Yeah, side dirt. Right. Gardening. You guys were gay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put the petunias there. (laughs) This is a big screen in the theater. This is a, this is, you know, this is like, uh, it's another, I forget what kind of head is on this shot. Right, now she's transforming, and again, she's doing it with a series of adding makeups every time you see her. Uh-huh. Whose idea was it to have that beautiful, you know... Okay. That's, that's John DeCure's scene. Yeah, that, 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 that stained glass window. Just that's so the DeCure's. Now this, this, this is, 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 this is Abbott and Costello. Where they shoot him, he, they were just, Jonathan goes down, Billy goes down. You know, after they shoot me, they, one of the eyes is all cockeyed. That was one of those mm-hmm. things you put in your eyes. They actually gave me two. And after I went down the mm. stairs, and I had both of them, I couldn't see to walk up the stairs, so I kept falling. So finally we took one out. Oh, really? Yeah, I just kept falling every time I go up the stairs. So now, again, paying it off, now he has faith. For real. For real. And Chris is doing a voice here. That's Chris's choice. And didn't you say you were trying, you did some tests with electronics and it just, you know, with the vent. I don't know if I tried to do electronic with this boy, these voices. Yeah, no, it's, it's just. But it didn't work. No, it didn't work. You didn't need Ooh. it. Here, this is Evan Costello, where they're going and they hear the creaking behind them. Whoops. Yeah. Oh, feet don't fail me now. <laughs> Man, they shoot. One him. thing for sure, Jonathan, you're not human. Well, I guess that would be true, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's probably, at least I can say that. Vampire, demon, ghoul. And they think they've killed him finally, and then they start to hear him again coming through. I like the one creak. The gun you smoke. hear one creak, and then... And he emerges through the gun smoke with the hands out. Everybody gets some makeup. Oh, very good, very good. Now, you know when they, they shot this, they, they shot a background plate at this company, and about a month later, I had to go down to Santa Monica to, to, do, the, uh, to do the melting the stuff, just, just stand yeah, in front of a green screen. And I was there for three or four hours, and they just pumped blood out, and then that slime over me. And I was full of blood and slime, my whole body and all my clothes. And I said to the guys afterwards, gee, I, I really, really need to take a shower. They said, oh, you know, our plumbing's bad. We oh, no. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll drive home. Of course, I'm on the Santa Monica Freeway. I need to get gas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I stopped in the gas station. He's melting now. I stopped in the gas station, and I swear, I don't know what ever happened to that guy, but I'm sure he thought that he had seen a serial killer. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was horrible. Now, this so, is on a green so. screen, is it, John? Uh, yeah, well, that's, the, yeah, the, that's, that, that is, yeah, that part. but the, the, the insert, that's, that's, that's real, right. that's I real. got that skull. And you still have that yes, skull. Yes, I do. You do. That you is cool. That skull. How did you, did I you ask you for props, you know? Yeah. You, could, you could have shoved in the garage and probably yeah. don't care about it, you should take it. It's in the garage it, somewhere. Put it in a plexiglass case. And my wife wouldn't want that in the house. <laughs> put it in your office, put it in the office. Great shots. This and is that, the that, that, always that, a scream. Love that shot. Always a scream when the vampire comes above Roddy. 
I mean, Roddy's looking out the window. And now you're doing more of the uh, Jerry Dandridge POV cam. Yes, that's true. Do they have you on a rig, Chris? Well, for that, that, that particular that? shot, yeah. I mean, the one mm -hmm. just over, I think I was on a ledge of some kind. Mm -hmm. Fairly low-tech. Again, but very clever and very effective. Well, this is where they started cutting me. I remember I had more planned on the roof for Jerry and everything, and so the pressure started coming down in the studio that there wasn't any more money. Yeah, well, and, and you told them that if they, if they, there's no movie if they keep... Uh... That was what I said for Child's Play. Right, right, right. No Chucky, no movie in the third act. But this wasn't true here. Columbia was much nicer. Now, what, was be, what were your instincts behind this very effective, you know, changing the voice up? And, you know, it's almost like now we really see the beast. I think that's, that's Chris doing what I couldn't do electronically. Chris is coming up with a, with a, with a, with a, mm -hmm. a voice alteration. I mean, it works. I mean, I, you know... Peter Vincent. Just <laughs> you go to these horror conventions, everybody's sitting around doing that. Yeah. <laughs> doing your voice. It's great. And now we get to see her as a vampire. Mm -hmm. And also as a fully sexual creature, too. Yeah. Yes, no no longer young virginal girl. Mm -hmm. The Beast Within. Going back yeah. to one of your scripts. Oh boy, yeah. You work, you... Mm, that's a great show. Yeah. That's a, that's a scream? That's a scream. Well, now it's just like a fun house. It, now yes. we're just in a fun house. Of, uh... But all this boarded out. Mm -hmm. There we go. That's great. The idea that... Was that a stunt man you were waiting behind mm -hmm. to come out? Yep. Very effective. I'd like to say that it was me, but... <laughs> <laughs> They put in that sky outside the broken window, I think. Mm-hmm. How, how hard was it with those? I mean, those are pretty big prosthetic teeth. I mean, big teeth, you know. There were gums, too, right? Yeah, not that not that bad. The eyes were much worse. The eyes, it's the, yeah. The contacts. Now, and, and had, now it's not a problem. But. And you had fingertips uh, that covered up? Yep. Not just nails, but fingertips. Yeah, they were about, uh, I don't know, two and a half, three inches long. Wow. And they had... The little cups at the end of them that fit over the, your own fingertips and then were blended in with latex and then did the makeup textures. help you? I mean, did like oh yeah, absolutely, you... absolutely, always does. It wasn't a hit. Some actors find it a hindrance. No, no, not especially when you're doing something like this. Now, yeah, now Peter Vincent does have that yes. face and is stopping Jerry Dandridge with the with the. And I love brilliant. And now all brilliant. the clocks go off, telling him that dawn's coming up. It's not the stake through the heart for Jerry; it's the sun, the dawn. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. The gig is. And up. now we're gonna have a, a great transition shot. It's Richard Edlund. He's going to get hit with the sunlight on the shoulder, and he's going to jump over the, the, the balustrade, and you'll see him transition as a shadow of a bat on the wall. When you wrote this, did you write with, like... Oh, there you go. Now, here you go. There yeah. you see. Oh, that's, see that's great. And then that's, the, that's Richard Edward. That's and now you go to the and again, view. what you don't see. Right. Bang. Oh, the and that, that's, that's, that's Randy Cook. Yeah. That's, that's Randy just Cook. fantastic. The, the, and I, I mean, that's not literally Randy Cook. That's the, Randy Cook's creation. It's his arm. That's his arm. Yeah, I think. <laughs> and the bat. Uh -huh. And they ruined the bat with AB smoke. So I remember because I always wanted it. 
When you were writing, were you limiting yourself to the special effects? Did you have any idea how it was going to be done? Did you care? You just wrote what? I just wrote it. And, and they envisioned, they created everything. Yes, yes, wow. yes, but Richard Edlund knew how to do it. But they knew how to do it because it had the, the hit and miss. This is a great shot flying down there. Because it had the hit and miss with Ghostbusters. So they'd worked out a lot of the kinks out of these various effect shots. I think they had also, some yeah. what, what also makes a, a lot of these great shots work is the motion, in them, and not just the motion of the object itself that's moving, but things surrounding it, that yes. statue that falls over yes. as it goes by, which gives you much more of a sense of its kinetic energy. The little, little directorial flares, like the chandelier going back and forth, the stuff moving, there's, there's a lot of, you really make use of your frame. Well, a lot of that, I can't remember. But a lot of that might have been suggested by Richard Edlund. Not the chandelier, that was me. But what, what Chris just talked about with the, is the bat flies down the corner of the basement, mm -hmm. the, 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 the statue the, the, falls. The, that was Richard Edlund, and they pulled it. Mm -hmm. And they were setting it up because it, it confused the eye, as he right. just said, so that and you didn't see the mat shot as much. Right. And now we have, you know, it's sort They're of like great. Yeah. the James Bond movie where the one villain dies, but then there's the other villain who's still around. Or at least we think the villain is dead. Exactly. Well, exactly. Coming, up, coming up to one of the great moments here, which I saw during during rehearsals, and Randy Cook will tell the story, but I mean, I thought it'd be great if she turns away and then comes back with that mouthful of teeth. And Randy Cook put that together for me over a weekend. Really? It became one of the biggest screams in the movie. It was the, became the poster image, the most yeah, one of the most iconic right. images. That's right. And Randy Cook will tell you that he thought it was that the, the mouth wasn't his best work because he had to do it so quick. And I told him, don't worry about it, it'll only be a few frames. Instead, it turned out to be one of the biggest screams in the movie and on the poster art. Which was very cool. They did it, They actually get, did a good job, you Terrific. know, coming up with a... But this was, I was blocking the scene like on a Thursday or Friday down there. She turned away and I said, it'd be great if she came back because this guy, every guy's, you know, primal terror is, you know, is having some woman with a mouth like that. You know? I must admit, I ripped you off in Maniacs with peaches. I hope so. The, the penis flytrap. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There, <laughs> there you we go. go. Big scream in the audience. Huge scream. One of the biggest ever in horror history. Boy. And again, just seeing Amanda in that mega and, and, and really selling it. And was would it be could do you have the choice of having a stuntman like in, in the makeup for some of the more where you weren't recognizable? That not for the makeup. You don't want to do that. You want right. to play it. Yeah. You want to do it. I mean, that's why. That's one why of the you, want, you do the movie. That's why you want real actors. Yeah. In the makeup, because boy, it makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a nice shot. Wait, just eyes. Eyes just come up. Yeah, ah! There you go. And this there this was go. a this was a trick shot run backwards. Where he comes up out of the coffin. Well, that's Nosferatu. No yeah. Yes. <laughs> but that's right. the shot where, where you shot it with him falling back into the coffin, and then you played it backwards for him coming out of the coffin like that. That's how it's done. You missed his heart, eh? Yes. Bad on. aim. Bad yeah. aim. <laughs> what can I tell you? Oops. Oh, Oops. I love that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. One of the biggest laughs in the movie for me coming up when 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 they shut the coffin yeah he just stands there it just and everything goes up. silent yeah everything goes silent i think that was ken beta my editor oh, really i think that was when we were when we were doing the uh final mix maybe not i must have i, I must have done that because i did, can't remember how that idea came up 
Or if it was mine or who's it was. This is a very cathartic. But he slams the coffin and all the music stops mm-hmm. and all the sounds. And you're just like, oh, that was oh, not a good idea. Oh, shit. <laughs> Peeps don't fail me now. When you were in the makeup, Chris, did you were you able to see what you looked like, or was it? Like- oh, absolutely no. I mean, I'm sitting in the chair. Kenny Diaz, who was the the uh, FX makeup guy, uh, and I basically did it together. I mean, he did uh, obviously most of the work, but once they put the fingers on me, then I had another six or seven hours of makeup to go. So I said, "Give me a brush." Really? Oh, absolutely. I did a lot of my own stippling. I just oh, wow. did really so from going crazy in the on, in the chair. Because I come from the theater, so, you know, you're used to doing your own makeup. So I said, That's just, true. you know, and so I did stippling, I did texturing, uh, I did most of the work on my hands, the makeup on my hands, while they were doing wow. my face and my ears. I never knew that. Oh, I want to say most, a lot, a lot of the makeup. All right. Uh, that This was, uh, Chris told me, he, he did this about five or six times. I oh, remember yeah. turning to me and going, I can't believe this is how I make a living. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming. Flying across the room, screaming. Arr. Well, 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 mm-hmm. That's a great effect shot. Yeah, yeah it really is. Really creepy. Yeah. And just looking at this again, it just begs the question, where's the Jerry Dandridge action figure? Yeah. You know, where's yeah. the Evil Ed action figure? I mean, we got it, you know. I have it on my some. shelf. Gotta do something. I'd have it on my shelf. Gotta get Sony or somebody involved. This effect, even today, is still very strong. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's just, you know, the, the, the whole apocalypse. And it sucks back in, which is something I added after. That wasn't in the boards. We didn't have that originally. But that was his soul disappearing in final annihilation, Jerry Danridge. And we added that after post when, we, when I needed the shot. When we think that he's we been think totally... It, yes. If we ever do the sequel, right. we know that what they're going to be doing... Is reviving Jerry Dandridge. Right. Got it. Was there any thought in Fright Night 2 of reviving Jerry Dandridge versus... I didn't have anything to do with Fright Night 2. I mean, the Why was that? Well, because, because they always get cheap. I mean, they, yeah. always, they always go for them. I mean, they made a horrible mistake. Poor Herb Jaffe. Producer, I brought Herb Jaffe in on it. Mm-hmm. I was the one that gave him the job because I liked him. And then, of course, the minute he had the rights and it was a success, right. he had the rights to do the sequel and, you know... and. So here's your money, goodbye, thank you. I'm going to do it as cheaply as I can and put as much money in my pocket as I can. And he didn't bring back Chris. He didn't, you know, there was so much. Billy, no, no Billy Cole. Well, uh, and also, uh, unless you are involved in something, I mean, I'll use the Godfather, say, right. uh, in which the original, all the original principles are involved, um, the script is really ready to go and fabulous from the first moment. Uh, you know, there was some discussion of my coming back with, in a little cameo, and I said, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. Let's yeah. let them do their job, and you know, they'll, they'll make the best movie they can, and uh, uh, all power to them. Mm-hmm. I wish them well. Now, Tom, I heard that you were actually at a dinner party at Roddy's where Vincent Price was there. Yes, that's true. And they he, were great friends. Yes. And so friends. he saw Fright Night. Yes, and Vincent congratulated me. I did not mention to him that I had written it with him in mind originally. Mm. He was he was elderly then. Yes. But he was a wonderful man. Extraordinary fellow. Now we come and back full circle to where we began. At the very end, finally, he's making out with her, and you think that finally he's going to have, you know, he's finally going to go all the way with Amy. And once again, that's funny. That, that And you know what that is? That's Rick Baker. That's in that suit. That's Optiman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, I remember that's that. Rick was Baker's. the worst movie I could find. And here's Evil Ed again. And here's the, the what's become the signature line from Evil Ed, You're so cool, Brewster. Oh, Brewster, you're so cool. Oh, Brewster, you're so cool. Now I, I remember, you know, uh, did you ever? So you, you, uh, whereas with Chucky, you were determined to kill Chucky, so there wouldn't be a sequel. You right. kind of left the door open. No, here. I left the door open with this one. Yes, I did. I have a lot. Of, this is had a lot of affection for this one. I still think they should do it. Well, well there's so yeah. much interest in this now. Who is that? Who did you intend that to That's be? That's Evil Ed. All right. Evil Ed's come back from the dead. I think what you see is you see the red eyes there, you know. You know, it was the last sort of thing in his, and, 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 and the yell from Evil Ed. Brewster, you're so cool. I want to thank everybody for listening to this. Thanks, yes. everybody. I want to yeah. thank Chris. We I hope. want to thank Jonathan. I want to thank Tim and everybody for, for doing this. Icons and, of Fright. Icons of Fright. Rob, Rob G. G. Mike C. Absolutely. Mike C. And we hope you enjoyed watching it as much as we enjoyed doing it. And thanks yes. for caring. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. God bless.